All right, welcome to Thursday night teachings. I want to welcome everybody in, anybody from Grace Point or outside. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his teachings. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the Holy Spirit to your words. Have great grace on us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we've been teaching out the Gospel of Matthew. We're in chapter 13. Let's pick up in verse 53. And it came about that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there. And coming to his hometown, he began teaching in their synagogue so that they became astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is not he the carpenter's son? His mother is called Mary, his brothers James, Joseph, and Simon are with us, and are not his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And so they took offense at him. But Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. A couple things going on here. Uh, first of all, Jesus is remarkable, okay? Why do you think Jesus is so singular? I mean, I know you know. You know your Bible enough. Why is it? Like, Jesus, he's a different type of person. He's something that they'd never seen before. He's without sin. Um, I taught this week in our, the church that Jesus was the Word made flesh. The, he is eternally the Word of God, the divine revelation, the communication of God. So Jesus... The Spirit of God is in Jesus, and, and Jesus has the Spirit of God without measure being poured through him. But how's it being poured out? It's being poured out in human form. The Word became flesh, and now in Jesus' flesh, we're seeing God. We're seeing God in the flesh, and it's blowing uh, people's minds, you know? They're, they're like, who is this guy? And and, and, and this is really important. Jesus is God in the flesh, but he's also, he is showing man what man was originally meant to be. I taught Sunday, you have to go back to my message, the word made flesh, but I gave four scriptures at the end of that message that undisputably teach that as new believers in Christ with the Holy Spirit in us, God's design and desire is to restore us back to the original creation, back to the original image and glory that we were designed and created for. In Christ, and only in Christ, as new creations, we're born again, we are to be conformed to whose image? You listen to that message I got into it at the end there, pretty, pretty good. We're being conformed to the image of Christ, this image right here. That's God's intention. So they're blown away because here's Jesus without sin and perfection, and he's the word made flesh. So he's revealing God to them, but he's also revealing God's original design and intention for man. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't say we're supposed to be conforming to his image. I know that's hard for people to grasp or to believe, or to imagine God's intention, but the, it's clear as it can be in the Word of God. So here's Jesus doing miracles, revealing the Spirit, 
doing all these powerful things, has great wisdom, and the people are blown away. You know, if we walk in the Spirit and we begin to reveal Jesus, there's going to be amazing things done in our life. Anybody, you can think of any powerful man of God, Reinhard Bonnke, even Billy Graham, or, or some of the old, you know, Hudson Taylor, the old missionaries, or uh, just some of the powerful people, and Peter or Paul, what makes them so amazing isn't them. Peter said, why do you look at me like my goodness or my holiness uh, did something here? This man stands before you healed in the name of Jesus, and it's through faith in him that this man is healed. It's not my goodness. It's Christ in me revealing God. It's Jesus in me uh, doing the miracles. It's Jesus in me doing the works. I don't know why we struggle so much when the word is clear as a bell on that. It's Christ in you. So when we really follow Jesus, we're going to amaze people in our own sphere or should be. There should be things happening in our life that are miraculous that uh, only God can do. If you're living a life that, um, if you're living like a normal, just everyday life, like, like the sinner next door, the person that doesn't go, you're not really uh, walking in the full will of God for your life. There's something different about you. There's something amazing about you. There's something unique about you. Christ lives in you. <laughs> Powerful. Okay, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, it says, it is of God that you are in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness, holiness, and redemption, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. They were praising, they said, where did he get this wisdom, right? Where did he get, do you know the same wisdom that was in Jesus is in you? How many of you know that and really believe that? The same wisdom that was in Jesus is in you. I say this all the time. Do you have the, a different Holy Spirit than Jesus had or the same Holy Spirit? The miraculous powers that were in Jesus. Did Jesus do any miracles before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit when he was physically baptized? You know, church legends say he did, but there's no evidence in the scriptures that he ever did one miracle. He was hidden. He was growing in wisdom. He was growing in grace, growing in strength. And then he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus was given the Spirit without measure. Now he starts doing miracles. It's the same Holy Spirit in you. And I know we all have different callings and different functions. All these gifts and callings are poured out throughout the body, but you have access, the, the same Holy Spirit that was doing miraculous things is in you, not a different one. What do you think limits you in your ability to release the Spirit like Jesus did? I get Jesus was perfect. I get it that God gave him the Spirit without measure, but Peter did miracles. Paul did miracles. Oh, they're apostles. What about Stephen? He wasn't an apostle. He was a deacon. He was a servant. He was serving tables. What about him? He did miracles. What about uh, Philip? 
He was serving tables. He was a deacon. Why, why was he doing? He became an evangelist, but why was Philip doing miracles? And, and in early church history, there was miracles going on all throughout early church. How were they doing these miracles, right? It's because the same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus lived in them. Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. He's divine. He's the Son of God. But now he lives, now Christ lives in us, and we have access access to that same miraculous power in our lives through Jesus Christ. So what do you think uh, stopped them? I don't want to, I'm going to jump ahead to Matthew 17 if I'm not careful. What stops us then from operating in the works of Jesus? What do you think? In John 14, 12, Jesus said, the works that I do, works means miracles, by the way. It's always directly correlated. The works that I do, you will do also, right? And greater works than these you will do because I go to the Father. I recently read in a book, a guy said, well, I think he means we're going to do those works like in eternity. Folks, that's utter nonsense. You're not going to need to do miracles, signs, and wonders in eternity. That's nonsense. That's just someone that cannot believe that what Jesus said he meant. Didn't Peter and Paul and these guys do great miracles like Jesus did? Stephen and Philip, like, of course they did. Uh, many people in church history, that's utter not, that's just, so, so what's the problem then? For most of us, it's unbelief. You just don't believe it. That guy that wrote that book, wonderful brother. I love the guy. The book he re- wrote was great, great. It's just his unbelief. He just doesn't believe it. It's too amazing. It's too wonderful. It's unbelief, folks. It's amazing to me that biblical scholars teach about hermeneutics and rightly interpreting the scriptures. And Jesus, God is healing in the Old Testament. He's healing in the Gospels. He's healing uh, uh, the, the, the apostles, James and Peter, write about healings. Paul's doing miracles. The last book in the, the Bible, Revelation, says the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. All throughout, and yet people that say hermeneutically uh, that the miracles and healing, all these things are done with absolutely no hermeneutical basis to say so. It amazes me. It's just this unbelief, this blindness that Jesus actually meant what he said. Jesus told his disciples, hey, everything I taught you, everything, everything I taught you, now you go teach it. Didn't he? Say that, Matthew 28, 20. He did, and they did, and the results came forth. So he says, he could not do, who could not do? Who could not do many miracles there? Who couldn't? What does the scripture say? Not some interpretation. What does the Bible say? He, Jesus, could not do many miracles there. Why? Because of their unbelief. That's not the only place that it says that. And I don't want to get ahead because I think in Matthew, I think it's 17, he gets into that. They asked him why, the disciples asked why we couldn't do the miracles. And he said, what did he tell them? 
What did he tell his disciples? These were disciples that weren't even filled with the Holy Ghost yet. They had just been given authority and power directly by Jesus. They got their power. What did he say? Why couldn't they do the miracles? He said, because of your unbelief. You just don't believe. And Jesus himself, it says, could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. That's powerful. I mean, I have unbelief. I, I fight through unbelief. There's many things. Our flesh just absolutely cannot believe. We have to press into the spirit, the place of faith. I'm going to share this story, and then I'm going to end it. That's why <clears throat> one, a lot of times Smith Wigglesworth talked about this. He said that he's in unbelief a lot, and he, just, he presses into God and keeps seeking God, maybe with fasting and in prayer, but he presses in and he seeks to God because he needs a faith that, that's greater than him. He needs God to give him faith. He's pressing into God because he wants to hear from heaven. He wants to get a breakthrough. He was a great man of faith. I'm, you know, I, I can't even put myself in the same category, but we had a miracle in our church several weeks ago, and uh, I was worshiping God over here, and the Lord just dropped a gift of faith on me. Like, I knew that this young man that we were praying for was going to be healed, contrary to all the doctor's reports. I just knew he was going to be healed. God gave me a gift of faith. He dropped faith in me. Normally, I wouldn't. Uh, there's people that uh, have all kinds of problems that I'm around that I don't believe that God's going to supernaturally heal them. But this person, just the Lord dropped faith in me, and I just knew that God was going to heal him. So I got up, I stepped out in boldness and declared that he was going to be healed, and in fact, he was healed. I've had things like that happen before. That is a gift of faith, right? God dumps down faith. So if we have faith like Jesus did, we'll see these mighty things too, and it'll be astounding to people. Now, in my life, and most people I know, we're, we're not doing greater works <laughs> than Jesus, that's for sure, but it is to me something we're pressing into, praying, Lord, we want to reveal, I got so much I could teach on, I, I don't want to get bogged down, I'll, I'll go over on time, but there's so much more of Christ that we can reveal than we do. I think it comes back to that, what we taught a few weeks back about understanding that Jesus is the pearl of great price, that, that he's the treasure in the field. We got to leave everything and seek after him and let him be glorified in our lives. All right, I'll stop right there. We'll pick up next week.